Good afternoon. It's Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, July the 13th, and my mission as MLA for Cumberland North is to serve you, the people of Cumberland North, to influence public policy for the greater good, to promote you, the people, and our area, to grow our economy and our GDP, to improve our population health, and to work towards us having a world-class healthcare system. That is my mission and that is my purpose that I strive to achieve each and every day of the week. Last week was a busy week in politics. There's plenty to keep me busy here in Cumberland North, especially with this current border situation. I do want to mention that the Premier still has not recalled any legislative committees here in Nova Scotia and the legislature has not been recalled. Premier has fallen under a fair amount of pressure to resume legislative work. As we expect everyone else in the private and public sector to make accommodations for the current global pandemic situation, we too, as legislators, must make accommodations and resume the important legislative work of governing this province. Those of you that listen regularly to my MLA update get a taste of the work that we do as members of the Legislative Assembly. But today, I wanted to just summarize our work into four categories, especially for those that may not have been listening to my regular updates. And you can see when I review the work that we do, just how important the legislative piece is. So I break it up into four categories. One is reactive type work. And this is the responding to the needs of the people that we represent as people contact me every day, seven days a week through Facebook, emails, phone calls, LinkedIn, Twitter, and in person through my office. And I will note anyone listening that needs me can call my office anytime or email me. My office phone number is 902-661-2288. So reactive type work, responding to individual and collective needs of the people. The second area that I categorize my work is what I call proactive type work. So visionary type work, like what kind of, what do we want our communities to look like? What's our vision for the future? And then working on setting goals and an action plan to actually accomplish those. That takes a lot of relationship building. It takes always working with others as a team. No one person in our community can accomplish these things. It takes a village, as they say. It takes a community. So the proactive work is very much uh, dependent on building relationships with community organizations, other levels of government, and setting very specific goals, um, objectives, and a plan to accomplish those things. And you have to be persistent, have to be persistent because a lot of times you can have meetings and meetings and it doesn't, you don't always get what you ask for on the first go around. So you have to be very persistent. So reactive type work, proactive type work. And then the third piece is the legislative type work. So that's working on policy development, legislative development, And this is what governs our province. Every government department, whether it's Department of Health, Department of Municipal Affairs, Department of Education, Department of Transportation, 
Department of Seniors, whatever government department it is, the work that's being done is based on the acts, the pieces of legislation for those particular departments. So for example, our municipalities all function based on the Municipal Government Act. That's a piece of legislation that governs all of our municipalities. Our health authority works under what's called the Health Authorities Act, and that's a piece of legislation through the Department of Health. And all of this work is based on the work of all 51 of us members of the Legislative Assembly um, that works out of the legislature in Halifax. So as an MLA, as a legislator, it's up to me and my colleagues to work together to amend and change legislation, especially when it's not producing the best outcomes for our citizens and the, and the residents that we represent. The work in the legislature also provides an opportunity for the voices of the people we represent, you, to be heard formally through question period, through member statements, and through debate um, in the legislature on the different pieces of legislation put forth. And so when the legislature is not in session, we rely on government to respond to your concerns through letters and phone calls, and but that allows the government in power also to not respond if the legislature is not in. And that is what's been happening, unfortunately, in the last few months is that I've been working diligently to have your concerns as the residents of Cumberland North heard on many issues, uh, including the border issues. And uh, no one has responded to phone calls or any of the letters. And let me tell you, there's been a lot sent. And I will share, it's not isolated. Sometimes we feel very um, isolated up here in, in Cumberland County, sort of the other side of the pass. And two years ago, I toured the province of Nova Scotia. And as municipal affairs critic, I also met, had a lot of meetings from Cape Breton to Yarmouth to uh, Antigonish. And I, I will share with you, um, I would say mo- almost all of rural Nova Scotia outside of our HRM feel isolated from government and feel like they're not being heard. And certainly my colleagues that I work with um, are feeling very much the same. So it's it's not isolated to us here in Cumberland North, but I, I share this all with you today because I believe it's wrong. I believe that when you elect uh, people of whatever party, that we should be working together collaboratively to make the best decisions and to produce the best outcomes for you, the people that we, we represent. So if you're listening to this today and you agree with me, um, something that you could do as a citizen is to contact the Premier's office either by phone or email and let let him know that you agree that the legislator, legislature should be recalled that legislative committees should, the important work of those committees should be restarted. And that's the Public Accounts Committee, the Health Committee, um, and several others. So a, a general overview of some of the work that I did last week included last Monday writing again, um, this time a new letter to several Nova Scotia cabinet ministers, as well as the New Brunswick government, Um, Again, with the concerns about the border, especially with regards to the traffic, um, the safety concerns with the traffic backed up. In the letter, I shared 
the concerns of you, the people, I also shared some recommendations. And one of the recommendations that I made was to stop the border checks between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick government uh, provinces and start tracking the people that enter the Atlantic bubble. And that way that law enforcement and public health can ensure that anyone entering our Atlantic bubble, anyone that has traveled internationally, um, that they there could be some level of accountability to ensure that they are quarantined, that they are self-isolating when they come back. And it's just for safety. It's for their safety. It's for the safety of the, of the general public. Because if someone was to come back into our province, into our Atlantic uh, region with COVID-19, we all would want them to uh, ensure that they themselves um, were kept safe and were stopped from potentially spreading the virus to anyone else in their family and anyone else in their community. So making sure that we're doing that tracking is important, but restricting movement between uh, Cumberland County and Westmoreland County, you know, I've said all along, it's not necessary and we need to start looking at the, the real interdependence um, of our provinces. We rely on each other for healthcare services. We have family in, in our bordering provinces. And then of course, our economy is completely interdependent as people work, um, on each side of our border. So, so that was, um, a letter that I had sent last Monday sharing those concerns. Um, as well, I attended a webinar, which looked at once a vaccine is developed for COVID-19, Uh, hopefully that'll be sooner than later. How do we decide who gets it first and how will that be done? Not just here in Nova Scotia and Canada, but worldwide. And so that was certainly uh, an interesting webinar that I attended looking at that for future planning. I also did a fair amount of work with one of my esteemed colleagues, Mr. Steve Craig, and he is the MLA in Sackville Cobbequid. And we've been working together on policy development around housing, around affordable housing. It is an issue here in Cumberland North. I get phone calls and emails about the lack of affordable housing uh, every week. Absolutely. And so Mr. Craig and I worked on this uh, as, as well as one of my colleagues from Inverness, Ellen McMaster. And as many of you may be aware, uh, Premier McNeil had put a moratorium on so landlords were not allowed to evict tenants. Um, That was lifted on July the 1st. And obviously this pandemic has been very difficult for for many, many people for various reasons. Um, But I have had several landlords contact me over the last couple of months with concerns that people weren't paying their rent and they weren't able to to evict them. And the challenge is, you know, landlords have mortgage payments, landlords have uh, bills to pay, utilities to pay as well. So it's been very challenging. And then on the other flip side, I've had tenants contacting me uh, with concerns with the landlord. And the Residential Tenancy Board basically was Put on delay until July the 1st. So no hearings had been held um, unless under extreme situations due to the pandemic and has put a lot of pressure 
on both our tenants that are in maybe unsafe or unhealthy conditions, as well as landlords who have tenants that are um, refusing to pay their rent. So, so we did look at some development policy development around that. We looked at the overall arching problem of the lack of affordable housing here in the province of Nova Scotia and here in Cumberland North. And whose responsibility is that to ensure that there is adequate affordable housing? Um, there, ha- there is a very, very low availability of housing throughout the province. And certainly we see a lack of it here in Cumberland North. And we actually discussed it at our one of our physician recruitment uh, retention meetings last week as even trying to find housing for young uh, professionals that want to move to our area uh, can be a challenge from time to time. I also had caucus uh, Wednesday afternoon from one o'clock till five, followed by a physician appreciation committee meeting, and then followed by a Cumberland Forestry Advisory Committee. And at that meeting, we had a presentation from Forest Nova Scotia, and again discussed uh, some of our strategies moving forward to ensure we have a healthy, sustainable forestry industry here in Cumberland County. We certainly forestry is one of our largest assets and we certainly have the commitment of both community stakeholders as well as those working in the forestry industry to work together to ensure that we take good care of our forests and we make the most out of this wonderful asset that we do have. Another topic that I worked on last week was healthcare. Healthcare is still being denied to some in our neighboring province of New Brunswick. Uh, I have been told that this is no longer supposed to be happening, so we are working actively on that to ensure uh, if you're listening and you either have been denied access to a specialist or a diagnostic procedure like an MRI or or chemo um, in New Brunswick recently, please contact my office and let me know. Um, The Department of Health are willing to work on this with me and have assured me that they will work to make sure that this no longer happens. So please reach out. My phone number again to my office is 902-661-2288. So that was a bit of a brief overview of some of the work that I did last last week. But for sure, the border continues to dominate the work that I'm doing. And it dominates the uh, a lot of frustration by many, many of the residents living here in Cumberland North. And I believe that the problem that we're seeing the underlying, it comes from our premiers of both provinces, really not understanding the interdependence of our provinces. And um, hence, maybe that's why they're not responding to requests for help in our region. Uh, there's economic inter- interdependence, as I mentioned earlier, family relationships, healthcare, uh, relate, um, access to services, and many more reasons why we want to go to New Brunswick and why New Brunswickers want to come to Nova Scotia. Uh, people, many poli- people that have contacted me believe that their rights as a Canadian citizen have in fact been denied. As up until the Atlantic bubble was started on Friday, July the 3rd, many people were denied entry into our neighboring province uh, for even for like funerals of very close family members. Um, so while this is happening, um, going into New Brunswick, 
Um, of course, the issue on our Nova Scotia side is that um, there really wasn't any monitoring um, happening at all. And many Nova Scotians did not realize that, even though I certainly did my best to, to make that known. So Nova Scotia didn't deny anyone from entering um, and not asking anyone from outside of Nova Scotia for any information, such as their name, the province or country of origin, um, didn't track when they came into our province. So the reason I'm bringing this up is it it made it impossible for our law enforcement, if they were contacted, to say, look, somebody's not self-isolating and they're from New York, uh, it made it impossible for our law enforcement to hold people accountable to that self-isolation. self-isolation. So thankfully, last Monday, the province um, here in, in Nova Scotia um, did make a form available and the border officials are supposed to be tracked now asking anyone from... United States at least, to provide that information so that law enforcement can ensure that they are self-isolating and quarantining for the 14 days. I, I do want to mention to for all of us to be just be very careful. There's an official name now. We call it plate shaming. If you see a license plate that's from the United States or from Alberta or from another province outside of the Atlantic bubble, just to be careful that we don't assume that they haven't been self-isolating. Even if they come in from New Brunswick, they may have done their self-isolation for those two weeks in New Brunswick. And if they've done that, then they're not required. Once you're inside the Atlantic bubble, you can do your two weeks of self-isolation in one of the provinces and then move um, back and forth between the other provinces freely. So just to be careful, we don't um, assume anything. And of course, if you have questions, you know, you can be kind and you can ask people politely, you know, have they done their their quarantine or not? And uh, remember, we're all Maritimers and to remember for us to continue to be our, our friendly Maritime ways. So I will mention one of the things that I've also been working on the last two weeks is a marketing plan for Cumberland North. And I've rolled out two of of the the promotions. And one is based on the fact that we have five beautiful golf courses here in Cumberland North. And then I also rolled out um, some information on tourists and business um, things that people can go visit and see through Malagash, Wallace and Pugwash area. And then this week, I will continue on through Port Howe and Amherst Shore and Tidnish and then into Amherst. And I'm going to be promoting all of these things in Cumberland North. I'm going to be promoting them in Halifax, in other areas of Nova Scotia, as well as New Brunswick, PEI, and Newfoundland, with the goal to bring people that live inside the Atlantic bubble to Cumberland North to spend their uh, spend their dollars here and to go to our businesses, to go to our restaurants, I'll finish off today by wishing some birthday greetings to anyone who's celebrating a birthday this week, especially Joanne Trenum, who actually celebrated a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Joanne. Uh, Tomorrow, on Tuesday, James Hand is celebrating a birthday, so happy birthday, James. Andrew Wallace is celebrating Wednesday, and Scott Moore is celebrating on Thursday. So happy birthday to anyone out there. Take some time and celebrate those things that we can. Also sending out my sympathies to anyone who may have lost a loved one at this time. I'd like to send my sympathies to the family of Judith and Ketty, as well as the family of Eldon Edward Deegan and Sydney McFadden. 
and anyone else who may have lost a loved one at this time, please, please accept my sympathies. That concludes my MLA message for this week. And I'd like to finish off with a quote. And that is, when you seek beauty in all people and all things, you will not only find it, you will become it. When you seek beauty in all people and all things, you will not only find it, you will become it. And so much of life is about perspective. So I just challenge you all this week to seek beauty in in all people and in all things. And on that note, I'd like to thank Ron Bickle, as well as everyone at CFTA 107.9 for this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency update. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.